Two weeks remain and the Raw's finals hopes are still alive. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review for another week. It's James Scott and Adam here in our outdoor studio for the DFS Fan Network. Guys, how are we? Good to see you, James. Adam, it's yeah, great good to see you. Happy Easter man. to you both and all our listeners. That's right. We've just come off a four-day weekend that was... Well, it didn't really feel like a four-day weekend, did it? I need it. need it, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was a good weekend anyway for the Raw. They managed to beat the Central Coast Mariners 1-0. What do you say we get into that? Let's do that. All right, so it was the early Saturday kickoff at Suncorp Stadium, and the Raw managed to get another win over Central Coast, thanks to a first-half Enrique finish, and it was a bit of a surprise starter, Scott. It was a bit of a surprise start, because there was no indication going into the game, really, that there was any injury troubles for the Raw, but... You mentioned, obviously, Holman was out. I think it was a calf injury or something. Groin, Groin. according to Marco, there was yeah. like a throwaway line in, I think, his Friday column or something okay. saying that that was going to be the case. I completely missed that, but I was very surprised when I saw the team news on Saturday afternoon that Holman wasn't playing. But Enrique came in and did a really good job. So, again, it's great to, great to see him get a first start because it really will build up his fitness. And I think he'll be an important player in the finals, whether it's if they will get there, either off the bench or as a starter, so it's important for him. Certainly. I think you're a little surprised that he actually was starting. We, we knew about the Holman um, sort of the injury concern. We figured, you know what, he wouldn't, he, he probably wouldn't, shouldn't play because, you know, there's some big games ahead. But uh, I would have thought that uh, Corey Gamero might have uh, gotten the start and pushed Macaroni back to, say, into that number 10 role. So, look, in the end, it was a, I guess, a wise choice by General Wissy, a wise selection. But, um, but yeah, look, he, you know, Gonrique, um yeah, he, he was down in the right place and ever reliable. Yeah, we'll had get... to keep the quota of over thirties in the starting lineup. Uh, that's why. That's why. Yes, <laughs> of well, course. That's, that has to be why, right? Absolutely. Well, look, I was a little bit surprised considering Enrique, you know, was never really able to play a full ninety minutes effectively, and but he only played for an hour. And it sounded like that was always the plan as well. When <laughs> the journalist was post press conference, like, "Can you give me an hour? Yeah, I can give you an hour. All right." Yeah, well, you could tell that about 60 minutes was what he had when he made that one last gut-busting <laughs> yeah. run and then just had the look of, yep, that was fun, I'm done for the day. Yeah. He went down with down, down cramps, but I thought he was injured yeah. the way he went down. Yeah. Well, knowing the luck that I've had with injuries, <laughs> exactly. season, I wouldn't have been surprised if he pulled something, but let's talk about his goal, shall we? Okay. It was a nice little setup. It from... was a very nice setup actually down the right-hand side from Bojack. It was a, one yeah. of the Raw's first really good movements in the game because the first 10 minutes of the game was... Pretty ordinary, shall we say, from both sides. Nothing much was really happening. But that was the first really good piece of movement from the raw down the right, and it opened the Marins up really well. And, and Enrique Eric, on the yeah. edge of the box there, he's always going to score that. And Eric Bortiak was the player that got the assist with yeah. a nice little pass to set Enrique up. Yeah, look, he, he had a really good game. And sort of in, in total, like, a, you know, Eric Bortiak, he got the, um, I think, at Fox Sports Player of the Match. Yeah, he coming. did. Yeah. I don't know, I was at the stadium. No, he did get it. He got yeah. it. Price yeah, but um, look, and look, he had a very good game. I think he's um, he's progressing along very, very nicely now. I think you know, I think the the Raw should be very confident now if he keeps his form up. You know, I think you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna really sort of you know go with momentum and into the finals should they get there, of course. Well, with the form table, like the Raw have now got, I think, is it sixteen points from their last eight games or something? Yeah, something like the second best record since the Champions League disaster. So they. So 
Yeah. Just figured it out at the right time of the well, year. So it's a magical number we spoke about two months ago. About we said that if if Raw can pick up you know sixteen of you know of thirty points, you know that they'll be um, they'll be right in the hunt. So yeah, the finals. And going into halftime. They were only up 1-0, but you actually felt like they probably should have been up by a little bit more, not least of which because sure. former Raw player Kai Rolls handballed in the box. Before we get on to that, you say that, but the Marins also had one chance and off the line, another couple of good chances as well. So, well, I thought that was really their only chance, that free kick from Hull. But it could have been one all at that point. It could have. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think I know we all laughed at, you know, at Aim Barrow, but that was actually... I think the way a ball came back, I think, you know, I know sort of cool heads could prevail and could probably even chest it in. Um, but look, at the end of the day, you know, that was sort of, I guess, all marks of the last season, you know, close, but, you know, not good enough. And also, was it, I'm trying to remember who the Mariners player was that was coming screaming in behind him and just totally threw him. That might also, I can't remember who that was. I know oh. Elsborough, they actually got the final touch. Sorry, the last touch. Yeah, yeah, but there was a second yeah, Mariners player that was thinking, I'm going to get this goal. Probably, probably Blake Powell. I mean, I'm not going to commit to that, but it was number eight. Was that Blake? Yeah, Powell? Blake Powell. There we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Mystery solved. Yeah, but look, it was a phenomenal free kick, and mm. but it was very unlucky not to go in actually straight away. But overall, I'd still say they were all quite dominant in the first yeah. half. But again, when it's one nil, you're always in that situation where one moment you can yes. completely change. It would have been good to you know, get yeah. a couple more. And they really should have because now we're going to talk about the Kai Rolls VAR yes. incident. Uh, I'm going to steal a quote from one of our fan cam regulars. What the HE double hockey sticks was that? <laughs> I don't know. Because that, oh, seriously. He had his arms behind his back, which is where they should have been. And he moved it towards the ball. Yeah. I don't, don't give me oh, it's reflexes, it's close range, all those. You move your arm towards the ball, it hits the arm, it's a penalty. That's a reflex that the, the goalkeeper would have been proud of. Yeah, I don't care if the ball's going wide of the post or where it's going, it's still a penalty. Do I, do I need to say, VAR, what are you good for? Mm. You know, this Again, this is the sort of stuff that you would hope that, you know, if we've fed all these lines about, you know, it's there to prevent the howls. So if this is not a howler, I don't, I don't know what is, you know. It's just, so like I said, you guys are right. And it's so the, the it's physics device, of it all. clear and obvious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And isn't, isn't, that, isn't that the parameters that the VAR is supposed to operate on, you know, to eliminate the clear and obvious penalty? If that's not clear and obvious, like, what, what's the point of it? What, what, what are these, these officials doing out there? It's like, you know... Yeah. yeah. And look, I will admit, the officiating throughout the game was quite frustrating. Just a little bit. That being said, though, I felt like he at least fulfilled my baseline criteria of being consistent. There were a lot of times what, where... Consistently terrible? Well, he was con- like he let a lot of stuff go yeah. both ways. Like there were a couple of pretty solid challenges that you would have thought someone like Sean Evans would have found a way to find three red cards for. But I think it's yeah. consistently. I think if you infuriate both um, both sets of supporters, I think you know Mariners supporters would be just as you know frustrated as what Raw supporters yeah. were. It's not one of those ones saying, "Oh, it's leaning towards one or another." I think it was just consistently you know frustrating. Yeah, and that's probably the nicest way I can put to it. Yeah, but then going into the second half, you kind of felt like the Raw really needed to get that second goal, which as it turns out yeah. they didn't need, but... It would have made things a lot more comfortable, put it that way. Mm. And they had another chance for a second goal when Macarone finished, put together quite yeah. a nice finish, but it was ruled out because Eric Bortiak, in the moment, I thought was harshly... Having co- seen that on replay, I can kind of understand why that was given that y- way, but yes. it was 
yeah. a 50-50 decision. I was, I was very, very vocal in stands about my thoughts on yeah. that. And yeah, look, I, but sort of, yeah, watching the replay, sort of thinking about, you know, it's one of those ones where, look, my, my initial impact my initial impression of time is that where the hell is Baltiac supposed to go? Like, he can't just pull up and disappear. But, you know it, what? He did go it, through the difference. Yeah, it's, so. you, it's, sort of, it's like one of those ones where it's just, it's just unlucky that, you know, the, the Mariners defender got himself in the way where he got barged over, which opened up, no, the, the, the hole for, you know, Macron to shoot through. So, look, I, while I was pretty... You know, piece of about, defending I all day from the Mariners, that. Pardon? The best piece of defending all day from the Mariners. That saved the goal. <laughs> yeah. And look, the way I kind of try and evaluate those sorts of things is reverse it. Like, if it had been Barrow yeah. crashing into Bortiak that way, I think we all would have yeah. been screaming bloody murder, give us a penalty exactly. and suspend him for the rest yeah, of the I season. Think, I think in hindsight, yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's one of those ones where, yeah, look, I, I, as a, that's sort of where the one-eye rule support thinks, you know what, you've robbed us of the goal. But, you know, if yeah. the table turned, I'd be, be pretty angry if that stood, so. Yeah. Anyway, so the rest of the second half, the Raw did have their chances, and it was one of those weird games where I felt like the Mariners were never really going to threaten that much going forward. No, they kind of ran out of... Ran out of legs, yeah. Legs and ideas and ambition by about 60 minutes. They came to play, as you saw in the first half, but they just... The moment you've got nothing to play for, the motivation I did kind of question their setup, though. Like, they played with the same five defenders that they started off with against... Uh, Sydney the week before. But the weird thing was when they subbed on Jake McGing, they essentially had six defenders on the field when they were trying to chase the game. I think he's, um, he's, I think he's starting to prove himself as a bit more than a um, defender. Like we all know, we all then know. Then he should change his jersey number from number four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. exactly. But I think because um, he did get that, um, he did get a goal a couple of weeks ago, and he was playing further forward. So I, I wonder if uh, Wayne O'Sullivan thinks he's more than just a um, a centre back, you know, a defender. I, think, I so, think Wayne O'Sullivan's reading the Jose Mourinho, Mourinho playbook. Six defenders. That's yeah, it's the standard, isn't it? What's wrong with six defenders on the field? <laughs> Compact, uh, solid. Ask Sevilla how six defenders go. Next question. <laughs> I did actually feel really bad for Connor O'Toole, though, because he had a couple of false starts <laughs> trying to did, get yeah. on the field. <laughs> I think he well, wins... Well, went down and someone else... Daniel yeah. Bowles, too, yeah. yeah. He wins the James Donachy Award of... Is it my turn yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was interesting. And I, I was freaking out when Daniel Bowles went down because I was thinking, oh, God, who's going to be the next goalkeeper? Are they going to actually have to get Michael Theo? Oh, they're going to have to get Michael Theo to come and play central defence. <laughs> that was meant to be a joke, but my coffee's clearly worn her up. Yeah, so. it has. But yeah. Then the way the they... Ra- co- the Raw had a lot of chances in the second half yes. to finish the game. But then eventually they just decided, you know what, the Mariners weren't going to score, so let's just play out the clock. A move that turned actually, actually turned out to be pretty unpopular with the certain I segment. wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think f- I know it's because of who was doing it. Yeah. I think... It, yeah. Uh, it was Ben Calfell who was kind of the chief architect yeah. of grinding down the clock. Oh, I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you something else, okay. Well, no, you... keep going, keep going. Well, I saw a lot of criticism for Ben Calfell running it into the corner yeah. and just playing like from is... corner after corner after corner yeah. after corner. Which, by the way, if they happen to go for another you know, 200 corners without scoring <laughs> just because they're grinding out 1-0 leads over the next few weeks, good for that's, them. That's fine, exactly. But yeah, the Raw have done this before, though, by the way. I remember when the Raw first won the double 2010-11 away to Sydney... The first time they ever beat Sydney, it was like four minutes of stoppage time. They wasted the whole thing in the corner. Yeah, so this is not that. new, and it was with Broich and Tools, No, and Barbarous it, 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 So it's not just Ben Calfello who does this. So. Yeah. Thing about, I've, I've read a bit about this about you know about sort of the, the it's the, not the raw way. Yeah, 
what do you would you rather would you rather Mariners get the ball and go up the other end and score, which we've seen happen at Suncorp this season on a number of occasions. Like I, I know it's Tom Wasey, I know it's that, but you know what? Why can't some fans be happy? Hey, we won one nil. Yeah. It's three points. But what, yeah. like, at this point, I you can't really. Yeah. But, then, but then again, as we'll discuss yeah. later, it's not the only, like it's, yeah. it's little things like that seem to enrage certain yeah. sections of the supporter base. At the I moment, completely so. get the desire for entertainment, but on oh. Saturday afternoon, it was result any means necessary yeah. given the context to, of where the table was at for the season. Yeah, to put it in a term that I'll understand, at the moment you're kind of going for the rump steak that you can just eat, and you might not be able to manage the filet mignon every week. Exactly. Just. I would love to have seen them just find a way to score a second goal, you know, hit them on the counter-attack and get Grimero on the score Well, he had enough chances to get a second goal, let's be honest. But, that being said, I'm also... (laughs) They won, so you can only really second-guess it so much. That's just one. We won. It's three points. Yeah. The goal was to win the game, not to play expansive attacking and sustaining football Mm. on the day. It would be great if they could. It would be great for both, but... I have, that day I have, about the result. If the handball's given, we score from the penalty spot and macaroni's in, you're 3-0 up, then you then it's party time. But yeah. you know, in a close 1-0 game in a, in a must-win situation, of course you're not going to take that risk. So, you know, it, it, the ends just by the means, far as I'm concerned. The only thing that I would kind of go back to to that is, I was a little bit iffy doing it, I think they started in the 86th yeah, minute. they started which, a bit early, didn't they? Yeah, which... You know, I go back to the Mariners' grand final in 2011, where I remember <laughs> yelling at... I forget which one of the Mariners players it was in front of me, holding the ball in the corner in the 111th. Yeah, they started like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going, that's too much time. You're signing your own warrant here. So, yeah, maybe they could have waited until stoppage time. You thought that? Yeah. Visionary, that calling that. No, I can guarantee if you ask anyone that I was sitting with that night, I said with eight minutes to play that the Raw were going to score twice and win it in a shootout because they didn't have enough time to get three. I can't tell you all the words I was thinking ten minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to stop recording. Yeah, exactly. But all things considered, it was a very good weekend for the Raw. Now we're gonna get into the full finals picture coming up in a little while, but it, that got them up into sixth spot. Yes, to where they want to be. Yes, well, they yeah. prefer to be higher up, but they're in the finals at the moment. Yes. Now. Uh, we should just mention that was our final edition of Fan Camps for the year afterwards. So we yes. just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's actually come and yep. participated. And thanks to you guys and Gordon and Andy and my wife for holding the camera <laughs> yeah. at different occasions. We appreciate all of that. And yeah, thanks to everyone that came and did Fan Camps this year. We'll be back next year. Hopefully, well, hopefully I won't be any bigger, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> you right. keep marathon training, you won't be, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to make sure I can survive that without getting injured. Exactly. All right, we'll be back after this. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review for another segment. It's James Scott and Adam here for the DFS Fan Network. We're going to talk about some news in segment two because the NPL clubs had the Easter weekend off. They yeah. did. Well, some of them did. Some of them played... Over the last couple of days, which we'll get to, but yes, not but in the NPL. First of all, I want to start off with a story that really annoyed me on Saturday. So a few years after the Raw changed their logo to the Peugeot lookalike, they've gone and done it again to this best and less style quality thing. Why are you guys looking at me like that? You're kidding, aren't you? Well, I, no, I saw this story Sunday morning that they're changing the thing to the checkerboard pattern. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Scotty, repeat after me. One, two, three. April Fool's Day. No, it was Easter Sunday. It was only April 1st. 
<laughs> yes, of course, the Raw did get in on the April Fool's Day fun Sunday morning saying they were changing the logo. and They got a lot of people, didn't yeah, they? they did. Like, even if it was only 1% of the yeah. fan base, that was still quite yeah. funny. Unfortunately, it, was, it seems like to be it. the more vocal no, 1%. It's like... Yeah. Vocal min- minority, never, yeah. never. Wow. And then, and then on top of that, then they'll she complaining, well, why did Raw do that to them? Because April Fool's. I liked the new logo. Sense of humor. It was a good... Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I reckon they should use that logo. And it was actually believable, too, because my first thought when I saw it was, oh, hang it on. It was? Huh? It was? What? Believable? No. You go well, we, all, we all know that's the one, actually, um, it's the members logo, actually. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's not like it's yeah. something that composite. It's actually, it's actually a legitimate... Uh, it's actually a legitimate uh, logo, but yeah. But well, when I first saw it, yeah, my first like, I, my first thought was obviously we remember last year at that uh, fan forum at uh, Newstead Brewery. Yes. Uh, Mark Kingsman actually said, "Oh, we're considering going to like a two-tone logo or something." Yeah. So I thought, okay, putting like, a cape on the line or something like that. Something yeah, like some, that, yeah. S- so, a small tweak, yeah. So it had enough truth in it to clearly rope in a few people. So well done on that. Yes. Anyway, a lot better than some other Maple Fools jokes that are out there. Yes. All right, so we're going to talk about some of the other A-League scores from the weekend in the finals picture because we actually have the time to do that this time. Yeah, we haven't done this in a long time, have we? <laughs> yep, so Sydney FC wrapped up the Premiership 3-2 over Perth, Adelaide 3-1 over Wellington, Victory 3-1 over Wanderers in a very bizarre game to be following via Twitter on the bus home from yeah. Suncorp Stadium. And game, wasn't it? Melbourne City absolutely destroyed Newcastle. Yeah. That's the only yeah. polite way to put yeah. it. As I've quickly got some indigestion, so you guys can talk. Well, we'll start with the first game, and look, we don't like giving Sydney any credit, but they've been the dominant team for two years. Well, they lost five games or something in two seasons. I mean, that's mm. absurd, absurdly consistent. I mean, they've done the regular season better than anyone has. They really have. And in true, you've Brisbane got to give Raw them credit st- for it. In true Brisbane Raw style, they also had to sweat out the final few minutes, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Yes. Yeah, the, Adam Taggart actually probably scored the pick of the goals this weekend. Yes, with he's that. finding formats at the. Well, I would say the right time of the year, but I think they've left their run a little bit too late, unfortunately, for Perth. But mm. They've got plenty of home games left, though, James, as you'll be glad to know. Of course, they always play at home. Exactly. Uh, Adelaide, all but secured fifth spot, I would say, with their win over Wellington. I think they're in the finals. They might even push into the top four if results go their way, because... I was trying to work this one out yesterday from a quick maths perspective. Adelaide are guaranteed a final spot, because yep. there is no way that the Raw and Wanderers can both overtake yeah. them. So and look also as well um, the one takeaway from that it was a fairly um, fairly high attendance at um, at Cooper Stadium as well yeah. which uh, I believe it was a uh, free uh, tickets for kids free tickets for kids yeah. and I think it was twenty dollars tickets for adults so the new ownership mm-hmm. there sort of keen to sort of you know hey please like us move yeah yeah, yeah look at that exactly it been their it, first it, home game under new ownership basically yeah I think it, I think it yeah. was I think so let's say it was and yeah. let someone look, else the, the optics exactly. was the optics was it looked great so yeah. look, maybe it's and you go. know Simon Hill was going on and on and on mm, about it on the Fox was, Football Podcast this week. And he's still he going was. on about it in his column. So. <laughs> and I'm fairly certain he's probably still going on about it at the dinner table right now. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, Western Sydney did the Roar a favour by dropping those points in Melbourne. It's the As... first time Melbourne Victory have done the Roar a favour ever, I think. <laughs> Just about, yeah. <laughs> so it's two, two losses in a row for the Wanderers and it sets up a huge clash which we'll preview in segment yeah. four between the Roar and the Wanderers this Saturday yeah. Afternoon. On this game, though, in particular, it was a crazy game with Barbarossa's stamp incident and the penalties and all the rest of it. I, mean, I, I thought the I thought the VAR drama would be limited to Suncorp, but apparently not. I think they got, wound up getting to the right conclusion. Yeah. It just had no sense whatsoever to actually yeah. get there. 
It's like being driven in a car with a really smart kangaroo. You might go up on the curb a few times, but they'll get you there. <laughs> That's a oh. weird analogy. I was watching a two and a half minute. Did you get that on Sunday as well? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I know I've heard that analogy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, just having a look at the finals picture right now. So look, fifth place is all but gone for the Raw. They basically need Adelaide to lose two games and the Raw to win two. Which the Raw's probably going to have to win two anyway. But yes, Uh, I don't don't think Adelaide will lose both. Yeah, but pretty much the Raw can take care of business this Saturday, which would be awesome. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more coming up later on yep. and uh, talk about a story that broke last night thanks to Marco Monteverde yep. saying Enrique is going to sign on for 2018-19 in a move we pretty much all saw coming. Yeah, look, I think it's actually a pretty fairly positive response. I think he's, I think uh, the fan base sees that he's um, sort of earned his way since he's come back. You know, by the time that goal, that, that winning goal on uh, Saturday night also helps the... Helps sort of thing. But look, I think, yeah, it was, it was the rise on the wall. He was probably going to get you know, a new one-year deal. You don't you don't bring him back just to, to play six games. No. So. Well, when he came back, Aloisi said in that press conference uh, before his return that the plan was always uh, to consider him for a contract for 2018-19 anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So it's probably just already been agreed and it's being gradually leaked out. It hasn't been confirmed yet. Yes, but it hasn't been confirmed by the club yeah. officially. The other yeah. thing is, does... There's a lot of over-30s players to a contract expiring at the end of the year. This would be a good way to balance that out. Not saying they're all going to leave, but as a way of having... If you're keeping one or two, Enrique would be a good place to start. Because there's, there's always a spot for him in the squad, even if it's a super sub role. I wonder what jersey he'll be wearing next season. Will he keep 33? Keep, keep or? 33. I think it's time for a new number, isn't it? He's had like five of them here. So. <laughs> All right, uh, going to go through some of the FFA Cup scores from yep. last night, I think it was. And there was one from last Thursday as well. Yep. The Lions 5-1 over Kabul 2 was last Thursday. Kind of went as expected. Yeah. Olympic 7-1 over St. George Willowong, which had, I think, the best banner I've seen yes. all year, <laughs> with everything's coming up Lofthouse. Yes, I expect to see that and every did, week now, by the way, did Olympic. He, did he salute with another cracking goal? <laughs> he did. This <laughs> gentleman was at the wrong end. Yeah. <laughs> It'll do. And then you had Penn Power three 0 over Redlands United. So. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting yeah. one because look, I uh, look we we're pretty friendly with uh, Power, so it's no yes. shock. But yeah, yeah, look, I look, I think it was a good it was a good tough win for him. I think I think yeah, Redlands. Yeah. You say it's not a shock. I am a little bit surprised by the nature of the score. Not so much that Peninsula one, but just I didn't think it'd be a three 0 game. And it certainly sounded like in the first half an hour that Redlands were right in the game, and then when the first goal went, in, it just seemed like it all fell apart for them. There you so. go. Uh, then what have we got? Souths 3-0 over Ipswich United. Mitchelton 4-0 over Annerley. East 9-0 over North Star. Centenary 7-1 over Holland Park. One game did go to extra time, which yep. was Ipswich City over New Farm United. Ipswich got through 2-1. Yep. And the Lakes 2-0 over AC Carina. Yeah, the only other score that still stands out um, is Centenary yeah. 7-1 over Holland Park. So that's a BPL win over QPL. F- FQPL? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I th- I th- Not just that, though, it's a thumping yeah. win, though. Yeah. I know Holland Park have got their issues at the moment, but yeah, that's, no, that's a very unexpected I don't, I don't know if, if Holland Park just threw in the towel before the game and played a reserve. I don't, don't know the composition. I didn't yeah. look at close enough. But that's um, that's a bizarre sort of scoreline. But you know, look, Centenary Stormers, they're, they're building there. They, they I feel be. like I remember yeah. seeing stories, though, about how like that was how Centennial were trying to build up with an eye on progressing through themselves yeah. anyway. Well, that's a good way to announce itself, that's for sure. Mm. And also, we should give credit to uh, Football Click for streaming yeah. the Olympic game last night yes. as well. So, 
that's actually a very awesome site. I would recommend checking that out yeah. if you can, because it's all dedicated to the local football. It is, yeah. Like, that's we source a lot of stuff from them. When we can't cover it all, unfortunately. So, yes. so well, credit, they do an excellent job with local. Yeah, credit where it's well. due. Yep, definitely. You got. Uh, and then the last major news story we're going to cover in this segment is the Matildas at the Asian Cup coming up. Yes. Group B, match day one against South Korea, Sunday, 3 a.m. Queensland time at the King Abdullah International Stadium in Amman, yep. which sounds awfully Man. familiar for several reasons. It is. It is not a great venue for Australia, but it mm. is. Yes. Yeah, reverse the curse of Matildas. <laughs> Please do. It's actually a massive game for them because this is if top two Adelaide group gets to the World Cup, and this is... If anyone's going to pump them for second, it's going to be South Korea. Yeah, look, the, the, the tournament could come down to, to this right, you know, this game right here for the Matildas because you, you would want to hope that they've they've got all taken care of by the time you know they they play Japan in the final group game. So, so look, they, they've got it, they've got to you know, hit the ground running. And yeah, yeah. well, three a.m. Queensland time for people on Sunday morning for people. And who it does are appear as though Haley Raso is going to actually be back in. Yes, yeah. in the squad. back in training. Now, just to close out this segment, Scott, you've got some fixtures to yes, read out Yes, I'll for... read through the MPL's fixtures. I'll start with the, the Raw Youth are away in North Queensland this weekend. I'd say probably weather-dependent, given, given there's a cyclone up around that part of the world. Outside of that, down here, it's Lions and Southwest Queensland, Strikers City, Western Pride, Gold Coast, Magpies Crusaders and Cairns up in I'm Mackay. Sorry, <laughs> I, only you have to read that out. Yeah, you're the only one. Exactly. <laughs> and then all those fixtures are Saturday. On Sunday, you've got... Um, a, a, a buy for Morton Bay on the Sunshine Coast and Olympic and Redlands. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, credit to uh, actually the Morton, Morton Bay um, social media sites actually been saying, been actually saying to their fans, go to the beach, then to the game. Yeah. So they might actually get some worthwhile out of it. Actually, they're not going too well at the moment, Morton Bay. So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe they, they probably do might need, keep it close. They probably do need um, a big performance for them. Yeah. I, know it's, I was going to go to that game, but then I got rostered onto work instead. So I think that's. Probably something I should be saying thanks to my boss for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break and be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review for another week. It's James Scott and Adam for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. We're heading into round 26 of the A-League, but... Where has the season gone? Uh, I think it's been in the last six months. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Just so that, yes, they were sitting at Suncorp in the precinct previewing the season. Yeah, that was actually a really fun night with the coach's yeah. call with Aloisi, yeah, yeah. Mel Andretta. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. Night. It was a good night. But uh, we've actually got a little bit more news to talk about because we haven't got NPL to fill out a regular segment. So we're going to talk about SBS doing the annual story of six ways to improve the A-League. Although this time they've dressed it up as six ways to save the A League from oblivion, <laughs> which I'm pretty they did, sure they were, that they had that, their clickbait lessons, then didn't they? Yeah, they must yeah. have done a seminar with BuzzFeed, yeah, or Pedestrian.tv, <laughs> or okay, okay. I'm sorry, I don't like oh, a that Labrox Media yeah. guy. He's so terrible too. Where? Yeah, that yeah that guy. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking exactly. about. I, I've never mentioned where I work on this show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> never. The... No, actually, I haven't. Haven't you? No. Well, so yeah. spoiler alert, Scott. Yeah. Anyway. You can edit it out if you like. Nah. <laughs> no, we don't have to worry about company names anymore within exactly. reason. Yeah. Anyway, so obviously this story's drawn a lot of uh, focus in. Today I got it sent to me by a non-football fan friend going, what do you think of this? And I, well, my introduction to the story wasn't 
entirely clear. I feel like this is pretty much the same story we get around this time every year, which is how do we improve the A-League? And it's just keeping on talking about, oh, cheaper tickets, more access, better stadiums, uh, you know, second division, more teams. It's... Just rereading it now, it does seem like this. Uh, we've talked about recycling in the A League before with players. This seems like this has been recycled too. Yes. A lot of these points have been, not that they're wrong points to make, it seems like this has been said a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah. I do like the idea of um, um, having, for, for junior players who've signed up to their clubs, having some sort of ticketing arrangement for them. That does make some sense to get people through the door. I don't mind that idea. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that some of the yeah. issue, like some of the thoughts brought up here aren't without merit, but... but a lot I think of, we all used to do that as well, actually, with... Um, the one goal. One goal, that's it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's still in operation or not. No, it David, isn't. No, David Poirot made that quite clear in okay. our interview. Yeah. Now, the Let Kids In for Free one, we saw that coming into effect uh, Friday night in Adelaide? Yep. Didn't they do it over summer football as well? They did. Yeah. They did, yeah. Uh, what a lot of people... I. Well, a lot of the complaints I saw about it were centred around uh, the fact that Brisbane, like, you had to buy an adult ticket to go with it as well. So, and there wasn't quite a lineup for if you've got a membership, you couldn't bring a kid as well. Yeah. yeah uh, look, there's a just on that that point. Look, a lot of things go so be so you've got to keep things in perspective. Like I know um, Brisbane Raw, for example, they thought they were on a winner a few years ago about um, the fifty dollar memberships. Uh, and the one the one problem with that, and I, even if you give it away for free, is that at the end of the day, the kids can always, they'll jump up and down carrying, especially at, in summertime while they're on school holidays. At the end of the day, the engagement needs to be with the parents. The, the, these kids aren't going to go to get to the game unless they're like they're 15, 16 years old. And that may be... That's a different that, market. That may be a different though. market altogether. And I, I think I did read in the story that I think there was that suggestion that maybe it needs to be that market, which that's that's a probably good thing. But any, any kids under 12, you, you, even though they, they, may be, um, they may be juniors to play, it may be one step too far for some of these parents to say, you know what, well, we'll go to the junior game, especially later on the season, when, when, when the two seasons clash. And then on top of that, go go to Suncorp Stadium as well, especially when the, the draws seem to be where every week they seem to be clashing. Well, that's one thing that I kind of want to get into a little bit more now, which is the draw, because every week it's always, oh, the game isn't on at a good time for me. Oh, I've got something else well, on. Again, oh, it's too early. It's too late. I can't can get... You blame the broadcasters for that one. But, they don't want games overlapping. I was listening to the Fox Sports podcast on um, on Monday when it came out. They were talking about when would the seventh game be... The sixth sixth, and sixth seventh. games be played, and... Um, Adam Peacock basically said, we as the football commentary team would prefer it to be Saturday overlapping but we said our bosses would never allow it yeah they want them because they want every game live mm-hmm. on television basically I'm actually fine so with that I'm fine with difficult. giving every game a standalone window and trying to create a full weekend yeah. of action and I like what they've done having standardised kickoff times because you know every week that you know the game's going to be kicking off at this time yeah. If you're parked in front of the TV or going to the, the stadium, the difficult thing is they're running out of windows for that. Where you know, you, so with the yeah. in fact, in summer, okay, I know they do afternoon kickoffs in the winter with the NRL and the AFL, but the pro- you try pro- and do three three pm kickoffs in the middle of January, for example. That's it doesn't work. And no, we've seen how it works with the W League with drinks breaks and the quality sometimes drops because of just it's too hot to play. Yeah, and everyone can apparently be very hates uh, Sunday night football as well. Exactly, people don't like Sunday. Night, people don't like Thursday nights either. So it's, and that's the thing is that this is where 
does who who actually runs the who actually runs the sport? Is yeah. it is it the FFA or is it Fox Sports? Because yeah, you're right. The logical point would be, you know what, you other than your stand, your, stand, your, your standout games, you know, you have you have your seven thirty, you know, prime time game. But what's the harm in having two games at five thirty or you know, you know, on Saturday? Because that seems to be the, the slot. You'd that, have a you lot know, of games on Saturday night, like the NPL does, for example, wouldn't you? Yeah, the only the, league was running it. the only issue I can also have with clashes in the scheduling is consider this past weekend. Where would that extra game? Say there were two Saturday night games on at the same. Yeah. So you got Melbourne Victory, Western Sydney Wanderers kicking off at six fifty Brisbane time, yep. and you've also got. I don't know, just hypothetically, Southern Expansion and South Melbourne kicking off at uh, at the same time. I think this is where markets like Perth and Wellington have a big advantage for the FFA, and mm. you do have other time zones you can play in. It's the only so you, but you can Wellington. Pl- True, but you can have a 7.30 kickoff in Wellington, which is 5.30 Eastern time in Sydney, and you can play 7.30 in Perth, which is 9.30. It works. You can do a triple header that way. Don't, don't games was- all in their individual markets, prime time Saturday night. But it works well for television. But daylight saving well. also don't, plays a huge effect yeah. on that because you know, as I said, we've just we've just finished up daylight saving, exactly. so maybe the last two rounds will be unaffected. And, and actually, I think it's actually these the only time of year where yeah, because the league starts, but yeah. daylight saving's already on. Yeah, exactly. But look, and I don't I don't think that you know you would have an eight fifty local time kickoff, which is what would be in line with Perth if they had a game. Yeah. You know, on the Eastern Seaboard, I, I can't see there be much. Well, they've got one next week, haven't they? No, no, eight fifty is an actually. Physically, eight fifty local time. Yeah. Like, like to, it's all right to have Perth. Yeah. You no, know, it's a, a six fifty local time kickoff, which yeah. is eight fifty here. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where at the end of the day, who does run the game? Is it the FFA or is it Fox Sports or is I'm going to say not total control, but you know who, who controls the The, the yeah. other point I would, like the counterpoint to that I would also make is like, do you want the game to be a TV product or uh, no, in stadium product? Good point. And I still feel like. Football needs to be an in-stadium product first and foremost. Well, the television networks are obviously biased in that they want it to be great for television. And that's where the in-stadium product comes in as well, where you've got the act of support, which we've spoken ad nauseum about the issues Mm -hmm. with that. My big thing, though, again, I just keep going back to eventually, like, yeah, okay, you might have to be a little bit rushed getting to the game some days, or you might be a little bit late getting home one night. Eventually, some of these fans are just going to have to suck it up and go to, make yeah. the effort to go to the game. Yeah. yeah, you might, you know, miss the it, teams walking it, out to my happiness, but it works in the states though. When you see um, midweek games and stuff at eight eight o'clock kickoff, tip offs, and all the rest of it. Yeah, but some of the winter sports that have like eighty odd games in the NBA, one hundred and sixty in baseball, for example. Yeah, and it, and they still get decent crowds for those games. But the other point on this um article that I saw, so talk about marquee signings. I think it's not going to happen. You can't I compete. Think, no, I think Ange Postacoglu shattered that mould and Graham Arnold continued it. You yeah. don't win with Del Piero. You win with marquee teams. You win with... You win with yeah. well-built, crafted teams where everyone fits in. You don't win with one you actually, star player. You actually win with, with players that, even though they may be of a high you know, technical skill base or, tech, or experience, yeah. but that the, the, the pieces to fit into that team. Because yeah. at the end exactly. of the day, as you said, the Del Piero yeah. thing, the problem was is that he was still They so built a good. team and then they yeah. brought him in last minute and had to fit him in. Yeah. It's the teams who want to win titles don't go down that path. Yeah, no, I agree. You get, you're better off well, bringing in players... Well, I haven't found one yet who fits that mould. But... You're better off bringing in players that will win over fans as the season goes along. Yeah. But, yeah. 
I don't know, the, the closest the closest example I can say of a marquee kneeling with tiles post Shinji Ono with with Western Sydney. That's I probably the closest yeah. they've. I they've suppose gotten. Dwight York work, but that was year one. Yeah, I yeah. Think when the league was completely different yeah. to it is now. Yeah. I think one thing we can all agree on though is look, this has probably been I would say the lowest season that the A League's had since. It, yeah. At least twenty nine oh nine ten. Yeah. No, that was because of the distractions with the the yeah. uh, ill fated World Cup bid so, where and now it felt up. like FFA yeah. completely took the off the ball. Yeah. And I think but this is yeah, I, this as far as this season goes, the wash up is that yeah, I think it's more of incompetence. It's more about, you know I think they've you had you know, the government's issues I think it's had a real factor in it. Yeah, they've had off field distractions this time it's just been kind of self inflicted rather mm. than, oh look at the shiny thing over there. Just yeah. think just finishing off the market point, you look at the MLS as well where a lot of these players go who the like the people at the they want the A League to sign go to MLS. I mean David Veer hasn't won a title at New York City. Steven Gerrard never won one at LA Galaxy or Liverpool for that fact. But, <laughs> no, no, but they don't they don't win over there either. Yeah, no I'm... That's the thing. I don't think they win anywhere. That's so, uh, well, uh, Beckham that's... I think Beckham won one but he was there for long enough. Yeah, that was time, year so. two or year three. So, yeah. yeah so, well, I think we can all agree. Like the A League has had a down year, but and changes do need to be made. One of which will be expansion. Mm. I, I'm totally on board with the fact that the league has, by and large, gotten stale because you're seeing the same teams, yeah. and you realise. Look, and this is just me. I don't care about Wellington. And someone's clearly been listening because one of the stories that also came out this week was the fact that the Phoenix are considering being uh, booted at the end of the. Well, they're well below their metrics yeah. that's yeah. got to meet for the extension of their license. But... Which is at the end of the eighteen nineteen season, yeah. which coincidentally is when that expansion uh, process exactly will be welcoming in new teams. Yeah, look, I, I, um. I think I retweeted something earlier today that I think that's apparently that you know Gregor Rook's going to go meet with um, with the Wellnix uh, group about about where they're they're quite still interested in you know being part of the league beyond that. I, look, I think it's a it's a no win situation other than Wellington and their their crowds are actually get on the same page and actually start you know actually contributing to the league because. One or two things are going to happen. Either they're going to the Wellnix group is just going to pay lip service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're interested. We're interested. But then they're going to fail miserably on their metrics, and they're going to I go anyway. I can't really fault the Wellington crowds though, because if you look at the product they're dished up year in year yeah. out, they've only had one really good team back to 2010. Yeah. So I mean, at some point, I know Newcastle have had the same sort of situation, but their crowds weren't great either until this season. Yeah. So I can kind of understand why there'd be a bit of a drop off of enthusiasm in Wellington, given. The product that they've been dished up pretty much every every season. But the other, the other point as well that the the other you know no win situation is that if they say no, we're not interested, either they're going to try and hand back the license, or there's going to be a lame duck club for the next year, which means that yeah. you know you may as well have a buy. So yeah, it's maybe look, they could bring I, some. Look, it, goes, it goes back to my, my point about expansion. That you know I think the FFA have backed themselves in a corner with their criteria by saying I oh, will only accept two. And there may be yeah. three if you remove um, if you remove yeah. Wellington. Oh, well, I think I think that actually I think makes sense as well. If we've shot, if we've seen one thing from the FFA is they're more than willing to change their mind. Yeah, yeah. look, and I hope they do because look, as far as I'm concerned, if there are, as and I've, I've said this previously, if there are five or six bids out there yeah. that are good enough and sustainable and meet you know the criteria set by FFA, let them all in. Like how how high, I know the, the, there's issues with would be a bold TV step, rights and all that, and you know the, the how how it's shared out. But at the end of the day, if you're making these these bids meet your certain levels to the point where that they accept it all, let them in. If it, and if that if that means there's more than two or three, 
than so that's, big. So I think the fans would be happy with as that. As good as that sounds, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think if you look at it, the sudden expansion bid sounds like it's going to be ticked mm. off. I think that's going to yeah. have a huge fallout. Yeah. I can see that actually going the same way of Gold and Coast United. It seems like you've also then got the Brisbane bid and the Melbourne bid fighting for that second one. And if Wellington are going to leave, it seems like those two would just basically make up a 12-team league, which means, unfortunately, teams like Canberra, Tasmania and the like who are doing and some good work, it just doesn't seem like they're going to get a look in here no matter what they do. And that is what's really troubling. The, one it seems like the not... already been made, basically, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's what is quite troubling about it and where a lot of the criticism of the timing of this yeah. uh, the timing of this announcement is somewhat justified, where you see how much of this is, as you say, lip service. Yeah, oh, It's not lip service, I think. It's more just they've made their decision of what they... Well, I mean, Gallup's already said we're going to fish where the fish are and all the rest of it, which kind of limits... Where but, are you going to look, so... Yeah, but do you want to go for an already diluted pond in Sydney and Melbourne, or do you want to Sydney's, maybe go for a new... The Melbourne market makes sense, because I don't think there's anyone in that southeast corner, and a, that's a really growing population. Is there a way. club that has a very high opinion of themselves that would love to get in on the national stage in that yeah, area? Yeah, probably. I don't think they will, though, but the, the Sydney one doesn't make any sense. I know that Sutherland's supposed to be the biggest football like area in the country, but... I would have thought you'd go out way out west of Campbelltown, which is the biggest growing population in the country. Would yeah. have made way more sense. But I don't think the Wanderers have really tapped into that area. That's probably why they call themselves Southern Expansion rather yeah. than just Sutherland, yes. because that, that probably is a track across yeah. there. But uh, but I feel like that's just going to repeat yeah. a lot of the same mistakes they've already made, which is there's no real identity to it, which no. we've, mm. like is kind of what doomed Melbourne Heart in their Heart yeah. days, exactly. where there wasn't really an identity, there wasn't a clear line of divide between mm. victory and city. Yeah. Or hard, whatever. whatever they are. But yeah, that's just me. I, the one proposal I keep coming back to, though, which was very, very interesting. Like, if that FFA wanted to, I suppose, really roll the dice, say, all right, we've got ten bids that could get up and running. It yeah. could be up and running. We're going to start like a second division and let them sort of play off for the right to grow up and keep adding to that second. I think division. a second division after this round of expansion is going to have to really be addressed carefully like, yes. about what you want, whether it's a mixture of MPL clubs, or you're going to make some new ones, or whatever you want. I, I know there's a lot of people out there who are think second division has to be MPL clubs. I'm not 100% on that. Because, for example, I think Canberra United, if they don't get into the A-League, I think they can be a second division club. Well, Because they're not, they're not an MPL I think club either. That should be prerequisite. Now, you're yeah. going to bid. Now, it's not like, as long as you've oh, got a good plan to be yeah, involved. Well, I don't think it should matter whether you're established or a new club. I want to like. I would have no problem seeing someone like Brisbane City or yeah. South Melbourne oh, join the A-League. I think a mix would be fine. But... My like my counterpoint to that I keep coming back to is you want to bring in an established club that has an established fan base. That's great. But they've also got established people that will never follow those clubs no matter what. Yeah. So would you expect, say, Lions or Strikers, like people that have played for that club for their whole life, to suddenly say, oh, well, I don't support the Raw, so I'm going to go jump to Strikers? It's not as though that's going to automatically like build up that fan base with all the people that were you know, not yeah. quite brought in by the Raw in the first place. I think, I think Brisbane is a unique situation because unless, unless the Raw sort of go on the charm fence of the next year, I think there, there is that dissenting crowd out there, but yeah, it's almost is. like the anyone but Brisbane Raw sort of mentality. And I think that's where the likes of FC Brisbane and Strikers, you know, feeds upon. But yeah. I don't think you can say that, you know, everywhere. I, like for example, but I think Melbourne South Melbourne... Nights. Yeah. Would Melbourne Knights jump over to South Melbourne because it's not victory or city? Yeah. Yeah. 
But then again, there might be a bit of a role. That, oh, I suppose Croats and Greeks. Well, Heidelberg's another interesting yeah. option as well. But, Would they jump mm, over to South Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, It's all well and good wanting to bring these clubs back, but I don't think it's going to have the magical unifying effect that a nah. lot of the supporters of that concept would. Like, would hope it no, does. Yeah. Oh, look, that, I think I think it's going to be some give, like, give and take. You know, you don't, you don't disrespect the history of the game you know, before 2005. However... It can't go back to the way it was yeah. because we know that period is a very, very dark period of football where... It was you know, a, yeah, a like so it was a magical fairy wonderland well, according to some of the people. To be people. fair, yeah. on the field it probably was because it did produce the golden generation of players, but yes. off, off the field it was very poorly run. Yeah. I don't. I think the way the game is run now, I don't think it would ever get back to that. I, yeah. It just might, if you start... The outside perception of the league might change in certain parts of the media. Yeah, look, I think we'll, we'll close off this segment just by saying... Like evolution needs to happen, it just and it's got to be in the right direction. Just, I, I, I know we think it's a full conclusion of who's going to get in, but can they just please pick the best bids? Yes. I don't care where they are; just pick the best bids. I think yeah. bottom line is something's got to change because the current product is stale. Yeah. Um, and if it's going to take a year or so to get that room, so be it. You know, at least you know get the ball yeah. rolling because that's what this, the, the game needs at the moment. I still, I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again: give us one new market and one new derby for yes. your two new teams, and I would also. Tasmania you know, and Brisbane. Yeah, I'd also punt the Phoenix and bring <laughs> in a like third club somewhere in Australia because, again, if the Phoenix start doing well, what benefit is that going to be for the A-League? Well, it is a market of 4 million people, but... Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a break and come back to preview what is going to be a very huge clash this weekend against the Wanderers. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Brisbane Football Review. Segment four is James Scott and Adam here for the DFS Fan Network. And we're going to talk about what is the biggest game in the A-League this weekend, Brisbane against Western Sydney. And before we do that, though, we've got some plugs to remember. So who's going to do it right now? I'm going to say Adam because I saw him getting the notes out beforehand. (laughs) I got the card. So, the plugs. Okay, you can reach us uh, on Facebook, uh, search Brisbane Football Review, on Twitter, at, uh, at Raw Review. Uh, the email is uh, BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. The podcast you're listening to on Wooshka and iTunes. You've just taken over now. I'm going to finish it now. And you can normally talk about fan, fan cams at Northern Plaza after home games, and we thank everyone for stopping by over the course of the season. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But unfortunately, Teamwork. I don't think there's going to be another Brisbane Raw home game for us no. to do fan cams at this season, so you'll have to wait till next October at least. Yes. But that means this Saturday, the Raw have been kicked out of Brisbane by the Commonwealth Games, which it sounds like is going very well with people trying to get to the opening ceremony. No comment. But we've got... Um, yeah, four thirty. No, five thirty this Saturday. Thanks to daylight saving being off, so right. it's a little bit later uh, down at Spotless Stadium. And uh, Stadium, Homebush. Ain't it? It's at Homebush because I think the um, Spotless is still being recovered from the the Royal, Royal Easter show in Sydney. Okay, it's down in it's Sydney. The same precinct. It's across the road. As you can tell, we've done a lot of prep for this uh, segment. Yeah. But anyway. They're down in Sydney against the yeah. Wanderers, a side which actually they've won one, lost one this weekend against, and it's. Totally even on aggregate at two dollars yeah, a piece. Absolutely. So, what are we looking for for this game, Adam? Look, it's uh, I guess uh, win, win, and you're in. 
That's I think it's I think it's simple as that. Yeah. I think it's simple equation. If they want if the boys want to play finals football, they win. And then the emphasis is not so much on the on the going to Perth and trying to to seal it. So yeah. a win uh, makes it about ninety percent certain. A draw keeps it firmly in the Raw's hands, and a loss means it's no longer in their hands. Well, it does also uh, depend on the Perth game Friday night against Newcastle, which we were all thinking would be a pretty easy three points for Newcastle given Perth's road woes, but it appears... We didn't talk about Newcastle in segment two, but they seem to have hit the wall, haven't they, in terms of... I think they're in finals preservation mode where they're trying to get uh, Ronald Vargas and... Pato Rodriguez and Roy O'Donovan. It's hard to flick that switch back again, yes. though. So Perth may have a chance in this game. I can think of one team in all the sports I follow actually doing it successfully, and that would have been the 2013 Boston Bruins, who just decided, oh, now we're going to go and make a run to the final. They lost that final, but... <laughs> Wake up, Scott. Oh, you're done with your Boston <laughs> bias? We're good? All right, cool. I, I've never tried to hide it. <laughs> no, you haven't. And besides, the Bruins got hammered today, so... What a shame. Anyway, but the and whole the point Bowl, there though. is Perth do need to get the win. Like, Perth need to win. Yep. Mm. If the Raw gain any more points than what Perth get on Friday, so if they draw and Perth lose or win in a draw, yeah. then Perth are eliminated from the final. And if they beat Western Sydney, Western Sim- Sydney cannot make the finals anymore either. Yeah. So yeah. it's all there on the table for them. Yeah. And they've just got to sit down and take their place. Absolutely. It could be a very, it'd be a very big 24 hours, actually. Those yes. two games. Yeah, I, tell you, I tell you what, Fox Sports will be praying that Raw don't win because like I said, that's going to mean, and I suppose FA as well, because that's going to mean round 27 will be basically meaningless. I thought you were going to say because they want the Wanderers in the finals. No, I was going to say, How's that, where's that tinfoil hat of yours gone? That too, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it just, it just don't, yeah. I think best case for them is they'd be hoping that Perth somehow managed to put together a big win, which based on Newcastle's recent form is certainly not out yeah. of the question. So that you're at least thinking, oh, there's an outside chance, and you wind up with an absolutely crazy round 27 game like Perth had last year. Yes, that would be that would be. They want one of these games to be a live game, don't they? Because there's yeah. not there's yes. nothing really on the line unless you. Re- no one really cares about who finishes third, fourth, and fifth at the end of the day. I Pro- suppose the really. teams do, but fourth and fifth teams be, doesn't really matter. Fourth and fifth would be worth it. I'd be really but hoping that Raw somehow managed to finish fifth, so we wind up with a, absolutely ridiculously slim chance of a grand final <laughs> in Brisbane, but that's just because I'm insane. Is that even possible anymore? Yeah. Oh, if okay. Adelaide lose their two remaining games and Brisbane went, win their two, Brisbane overtake them by finishing on 38 points. Okay. So, and then, of course, you'd have to beat Melbourne and whatnot, but <laughs> that's all the stuff we can talk about next week. Yes. Let's talk about this game. So, the Raw, I suppose they showed a little bit of that rearguard effort when they beat the Wanderers 2-0 in early December. Yes, that was their... Second win of the season, I think it was. Yes. Yes. And it was Ivan Franich's uh, return goal as well. He had that very yes. nice strike. It's probably the uh, the reigning goal of the season so far for the Raw, that that one. So. I can't actually think of much, uh, many that were better <laughs> no, than that. No, there haven't been many classic goals. There's a lot of like, close-range goals and headers. and Well-worked goals. Yeah. But no long-range spectacular goals outside of that. I see Macaroni's finish in this game was quite good as well. It was. On the turn into top corner first touch. It was really nice. Yeah. And I would assume that the Raw will be wearing their blue uniforms this time, since the orange will be out of the question. Maybe. I don't they know. They might go with the, yeah, the no, orange kit. It'll... Who knows? No. You never know. And that's no. even worse than orange. We're going to forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the squad decisions here. So, mm-hmm. Brett Holman, the report, the Enrique story we talked about before, said that he's probably going to be healthy enough to play this weekend. Do you start him? Yes. Yep. You go yep. back to the team that is your best 11. You, no point mucking around. 
as good as Enrique was on Saturday afternoon, he still only played 60 minutes. You don't want a player on the field you have to, you know you have to take out because of just fatigue and those sort of reasons. Yeah. And Holman, if he does play, he's been able to play 90 minutes a lot lately. So assuming his groin or his calf, whatever it was, he's also, fine, he should start. The other, the other point would be um, would be how close Jade North is being fully fully fit yeah. again. So that might be that might be the other one. Whether but you know whether who would he start in front of um, Bowles? You know we thought may have been injured and, and Pepper. So maybe that, start out of Pepper. I would yeah. actually break up that pairing at the yeah, moment. Yeah, there, there, there would be there would be some sort of thought not to because I say I think at this stage stability in your squad and your saying here I think is paramount. I think especially going into this next couple of weeks. Um, just because, just because Jade North is fit, fit again, I don't know if the right move is just to just slot him straight back in. I think go he would with what come works. in. Though. I think if yeah. Jade North is fit, I think he would come back into the starting lineup. Yeah. All right. Well, look, that's pretty much all we can really do for previewing yeah. this well, game. Let's talk about the Wanderers. I mean, they're in a real hole at the moment. Oh, they yeah. didn't really. They just played all right against Victory, but I just I'm not convinced by them. No, I don't. There seems to be a a problem there somewhere that they're struggling to overcome. It yeah. seems like that squad is somewhat imbalanced. Yeah. They, there's a few Gombau-style players yeah. and a few Popovich players. And they haven't all bought in, have they? No, anyone who's watched any iota of yeah. those two coaches know that they're polar opposites yeah. in terms of philosophy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of, I almost get the, the feeling that, you know, I think I think Wanderers may be happy, the fans may be happy to fall over the line, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it'll come as too great a shock if they, if they you know, they don't. Make I think they're almost convinced that you know they're going to fish him behind the raw. It's whether Perth Perth might be the more dangerous one, but look, it's I can't you can't presuppose that one. At the end of the day, you know, fast football is fast football, but I just get that sense that you know there's not that you know that win at all costs sort of mentality yeah. at the moment. I think this season was a complete it, you know right well, off. The this moment. could also be the end of Gombau at the Wanderers if this doesn't go well for them. Which I can't may, believe they'd do something that dumb. But no, but I mean. Do the players really want to play for him or not? Yeah, we'll, we'll find out on Saturday. Well, it could also question. turn out to be a situation that may not yield similar results to, but be something resembling Ange in his first season at Brisbane, yeah. where he gets that off season to do a squad clear out. I think the difference is Gombau's under a lot more pressure than Ange was. Very yeah. true. Very true. Um, but we'll, look, we think, talked about desperation yeah. for the Raw. The Wanderers are, of course, going to be desperate themselves. Yep. So, look. Don't, I don't think you should expect a free-flowing, entertaining. Especially sort of when the result here. result means everything. Yeah. Like I said, you're not you're not gonna at the end of the day free-flowing football. Like, it's great. It's but one like of those said, cup final sort of games yeah. where everyone no one wants to make a mistake. This this is it's vir- this is virtually a, an elimination final yeah. before yeah. the finals. I think. Well, Aloise has been saying for ages that they're essentially just playing non-stop finals football well, now. And how many finals have the Raw played with the Wanderers so far? Is it four in? Five years or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Well, this is an unofficial final, so you might as well add it to the list. Yeah. Because someone's season ends here, basically. Yep. Yeah. I'd and and, and, to be, and to be honest, without being a pessimist about it, Royal lose, they fin- I think they're gone. Yeah. Because I, I can't see them picking up their pieces, the pieces and going to Perth mm. next week. I think that game's going to be a tricky one. I think, yeah. you know... Yeah. I think they, they, if they're going to make finals, they've got to do it in Sydney on Saturday night. Or at the very least, give themselves yeah. as good of a chance win, as possible. Win or draw. Win or draw. Yep. You know, but yeah, if they lose, like we said with Mariners last week, if they lost that game, yep. they probably don't deserve to be playing finals football. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get into our predictions for this game. Oh, I'm going to lead things off and say that I've got the Raw winning 1-0 because, frankly, the Raw... We'll go over this in the season review. 
goals haven't really been their strength this year, but they have been quite solid at the back. So I think it's going to be a solitary goal from Eric Bortiak to take this over. Adam? Oh, I was going to say, the, the tipping champs has won nil as well. <laughs> tipping champs. <laughs> tipping champ well, my prediction is I won't see the game until 2am, so I'm not really sure. But basically, you to tip the raw here, you're a homie. You tip the wanderers, you're a hater. I'm tipping a draw. So <laughs> does that mean you've got splinters? Yeah. What was your score? Uh, nil all. Nil all. Okay. Score or straw. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, Adam, thank you. Yeah, See you, Adam, yeah, James. Yeah. See you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Get out and enjoy the football this weekend yes. locally and on TV. We'll be back next Wednesday, I think it is, yeah, depending Wednesday. on Scott's schedule. Yep, Wednesday. All yeah, right. Enjoy the Commonwealth Games. I'll try. <laughs> if right. I get there. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks again for listening.